This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Steve Martirano. You remember me? Uh, You're invited to join us uh, on these programs as we speak with uh, a lot of people, experts in their field of uh, behavioral health. We're talking about a lot of issues there. We're looking to foster diverse and meaningful conversations on substance abuse and mental health issues. That's what Recovery Radio is all about. It is, of course, sponsored by Retreat Behavioral Health, about which more a little bit later. You you know, if you've been listening to uh, either the podcast or the program uh, that airs uh, over the radio, that uh, Retreat now has a broad portfolio of services and treatments available for people, uh, not specifically who, who have substance abuse problems, although they're a leader in that field as well, but broader issues that have to do with their mental health. And we're going to take another look at that aspect of treatment and techniques that help people, you know, make their way through some difficult times. To that end, we, we're going to welcome our, our guest on the program today. Ronavia Williams is a, a young uh, a woman who had what can only be described as a, a a fairly tough start in life, and she'll tell all that to you straight ahead on the program. Um, she is also going to uh, tell us that it, in her in her view, it's never been more true that the pen is mightier than the sword. Uh, Ronavio has uh, found writing founded a very long time ago, writing and journaling as a, a therapeutic method, a way to get centered and bring meaning and peace to her life. So we welcome her to Recovery Radio. Ronavio, thanks for joining us. Hi there, Steve. Thank you for having me here. Um, I look forward to today's uh, show and um, all the questions that you have so that we can be able to inspire uh, teens and people all over the world. Well, I'm really fascinated by by by, uh, by the idea of particularly journaling, but I'm a great writer of people, a great lover of people who can write anyway. So I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to this uh, this look at what you've done. Uh, we're going to have more about Renavia's uh a group which is called Come Forth, but we'll talk about that a little bit later down the road. Let's begin at the beginning and and uh, and tell us about that rough beginning that you had to life. Well, I'll have to say, and I talk about it not so often as I would like to. However, um, from the moment when I came into this world, I always refer to this time um, when I was born. My, um, you know, my mom was was you know recovering uh, after she had had me and uh while she was recovering i was actually in the uh the uh, the icu um the doctors they had um discovered they said that there was uh, i had like um something was going on with my brain i had a swelling in my brain and they were going to try to uh, have operation on me and they had shaved off all of my hair and the only way that my mom found out is because they actually shaved off my hair <laughs> Um, so she had, uh, they brought her to me and brought me to her and they were like, she, she freaked out, like, what's going on? What happened to my daughter? And I was like, oh, we, we, we're going to have surgery on her. However, they had got a second opinion and they realized that there was no swelling. Um, uh, there it was a misread. And, um, you were, from that you, moment, you were an infant at this point. I was an infant. I was just, I just came in the world. <laughs> okay. I had just come in the world, and um, uh, without my mom knowing, they shaved off all my hair, getting ready to prep me for surgery, um, to only find out that everything was fine. And um, to, I've, I've inherited the name Peach, which I'm not too fond of. Um, <laughs> however, what I've taken from that moment is that 
there was turmoil from the time I came into this world um, up until now, you know, and uh, from my childhood growing up, uh, my father passed away when I was uh, seven years old. I'm sorry, six months. Um, I was six months and my father had passed away through one of his best friends to set him up um, to be killed. Um, and going through that trauma of not having a, a father there to, to, to mold and shape and affirm me, uh, was very, it was very hard and difficult. Um, and going through that, uh, that, that in my life, it, it pretty much shaped my, my, uh, thought process about how I, uh, view and see men. Um, and then at the age of 13, you know, my mom had decided, you know, she was ready to get married, uh, again. And uh, the man that she had brought into our lives um, did not accept us. Uh, it's myself of two other siblings. They did not accept us. Um, I remember um, uh, speaking to him and asking him, you know, uh, about, you know, being my, my stepdad. And he said to me, he said, you know, I'm not here for you and your siblings. I'm just here for your mother. And um, as a woman uh, or a young lady at that time, um, him saying to me, you know, I'm not here for you. Come on. I, I, I grew up without a father. So uh, I had my older brother. But, I mean, we all know or people who have witnessed growing up without a father what that means for a young woman of not being able to uh, know what love looks like. So we look for love in all of the wrong places. Uh, we have bad relationships. We don't know what it looks like to uh, to, to be loved because uh, we haven't received that first love from our um uh, physical or biological father. So for for him to say that to me um, was so very hard and not having my mom's support as well. That was another, um, I would say, a a moment of trauma in my life. Um, Growing up uh, furthermore into my my adult uh, years, um, I went to a a church where at that time in my life I was um, looking for truth you know, looking for that moment to be able to come uh, one with God, my faith, um, because I've gone through so much in life. I was at that that moment where we hit a wall and we're like, geez, what's next? You know, look for a center and, and, and peace. Um, and I went to a church um, and uh, looking for, for truth. It was a revival at that time that was going on. And uh, the leader of the church, you know, um, he said to me, he said, you know, oh, I think, you know, I see so much, so much in you. I see how much you love God, you know. And in that moment, I was 17 years old. I didn't really know too much about um, about my walk, the the way that I could have growing up in the, the, my grandmother's church. But, um, you know, he took that moment to, to pray on someone who was, who was, who loved God, who loved people, you know, and who was, very weak at that moment, very in a broken place, you know, and I recall he, he called me to the back of the church and um, he asked me to become a part of uh, his um, his nurse, his, his church, so I, I would be there serving in the church uh, from day to day. And um, he took that moment and uh, he, he asked me, he, and I was 17 at the time, he asked me, you know, how would you like to be um, a, a pastor's wife? I mean... I was so taken back by that because I'm like, wait, what? Um, was he propo- was, was he proposing to you? Is that what you said? He, well, I, at that time, I think that he was um, prompting me um, to have a relationship uh, with him. With him, just just, yeah. what you, just what you just what you needed, right? 
<laughs> so, uh, so how did you how did you deal with that at seventeen? Um, at seven, I was confused. I was really confused. Um, I didn't have anyone to speak to it about um, or my mom. Right. Um, and I was, and I and I said to him like, no, right. no, absolutely not. You know, and uh, I eventually had to leave the church, and um, it was it was it was a, a trauma moment for me because. To be honest with you, yes, at some point in my life, I crave, you know, wanting to have that um, that love into my life and wanting to have um, someone to love me. But it was misconstrued because um, he saw what he he saw the opportunity to pray on on someone who truly loved God, yeah. uh, on someone who 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 was weak and someone who was broken. Yeah. And in all honesty, me, I fell into that trap. And the reason why I fell into the trap is because, one, I was in a vulnerable place. Uh, two, I grew up without my father. Um, and then three, um, I was going through so much in life. So I did fall into his trap. Yeah. You, you know, know it's, I, it's, a fa- it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating uh, series of events. You're looking for someone to pray, spelled P-R-A-Y, and you mm-hmm, wind up with mm-hmm. somebody who's uh, doing the other kind of praying. Can, before you go any further w- with this, you say your father was killed when you when you were very very young. When did you become aware yes. of the circumstances of his death? How old were you? I had to be about seven years old because I remember going into my mom's bedroom and um, asking her how did he die, and she would never be clear, never say what happened. Um, she she would always say, you know, when you get old enough, I'll tell you what happened. So I had to be about seven years old. And, and she told you, and and um, at seven, um, yes. what was the, the the impact on that? Must be difficult for a young mind to get your head around. What was it like for you? It was very hard, and um, my how, how I dealt with it is is silence. I didn't talk a lot. I I kept I internalized everything, um, and my mother would tell me that. At one point in my life, I was just, I was mute. I stopped talking. And when we would go to the store, if I would want anything, I would point at it. And I asked her, like growing up, I asked her, well, why was I so quiet? And she was like, she didn't know. She took me to doctors and uh, they couldn't even explain, you know, what was going on. So in that, the, that, that silence and growing up, I... I was so I was this broken little girl. I remember going to the church at my grandma. My grandmother's um, had her own church, um, and I grew up in in the church. And I remember a, a prophetess looking at me, and she's prophesying to me, and she's saying, "Wow, uh, this baby is so hurt. She is so broken, you know." And I and I would just cry and cry and cry. And I didn't have an outlet, and that that leads to how I found my outlet in writing because I was so quiet. I didn't have a way or a means to communicate to express yourself. And we're going to get into that because it is fascinating. We I have heard um, doing this program many many stories of people who have had um, traumatic childhoods and events in their lives that have plagued them, and they didn't understand why. And most of them, uh, unfortunately, turned to some other outlet to dull that pain or. To, to to get centered and most of that behavior is pretty bad that you found writing is uh both fascinating and and the reason yes. we we have you here uh Ron, ronavia williams is our guest and we're going to talk about um how she saved herself with um with writing 
This is Recovery Radio. Don't go away. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Our, our guest uh, on, on the telephone is uh, Ronavia um, Williams. Uh, she is with a group called, or it's her group, actually. She formed it, Come Forth, and we're going to talk about what, what that is straight ahead. Uh, if you've been listening to it, you heard uh, the, the dire circumstances of her life, and probably not without without the specifics coming into to effect here the, the kind of life a lot of young people unfortunately experience uh, trauma violence um that she didn't witness but but was part of her family history and the confusion the lack of love the the lost feeling she had as a youngster um before we took the break uh Renavia, you 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 mentioned yeah. that the, you know you di- you didn't turn to the kind of behavior one might expect drugs and alcohol and wild behavior uh, i mean you were pretty high you were you were, you were a pretty successful kid in school and everything right yes yeah yes. yeah so how did you find writing how how did how does that happen you know what i uh, i stumbled into writing after um i was i had to be maybe 12 years old and you know everyone has like a little crush you know i was uh, into a little relationship at the time and um, at the time, the um, the gentleman had broke up with me, um, and um, I wrote a poem and to express how I felt about the situation. And from that moment, at that time, I became one with writing because it was my time to express how I feel. I was feeling all kind of angry, all kind of hurt, all, all kind of brokenness. Hear me, 12-year-old, think that I'm like in some type of relationship. Um, and I expressed how I feel from top to bottom. And, and it was it, it started as a diary, of course, but it turned into uh, poetry. Um, and I would, every night, I would, I would take, um, at the end of the day, um, everything that I went through throughout the day, I'll turn it into to poems and, and, and writing and expressing myself. And it saved me. It helped me because I didn't have a mentor. Um, I didn't have a, a close relationship with my mother. I had siblings that I wasn't so close with enough to open up about how I feel. So um, writing for me was my outlet. Mm-hmm. Did you have it was my moment? To, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It was my moment to vent. Yeah. yeah. It was my moment to be honest with myself. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you have anybody any adult um a teacher or someone who pointed you in the direction of writing to express what you were feeling? No. Um I didn't. I mean in school you know you have the different subjects like language arts, math and so on. But no I, I truly know writing to be a, it's it's a gift from God for me. Um because not only am I expressing and I'm um um I'm venting in my writing, but also um, it's lyrical. Um, at times it's creative, but um, it's all truth based off of what my experiences, life that happened to me, how God has helped me through mm-hmm. uh, my toughest moments mm-hmm. and how I've been able to find my voice through writing um, because it's my moment of truth. It's my moment of what has happened in my life and um, being able to open up freely to myself it has helped me to learn a lot about myself as well did, when you started out uh, writing um did, did they take the form of poetry initially or were they all poems that you were writing originally it just it was just me uh, writing my thoughts on my on the paper or how my day went or when i was in that that 
I broke up in a relationship at 12 years old. But then it became poetry and um, it became lyrical uh, and sometimes it would it would be creative. Uh, so I stumbled into it, but now I see it as a gift uh, given to me from God. Uh, now I've, I've been put in a place where I'm able to help others um, in their journey of writing and uh, being able to open up um, and find their voice. Yeah, I know we're going to talk about uh, a uh, an event you're going to take part in uh, that the retreat is sponsoring in the Florida area uh, a little bit later on here now. But, but I really still mm-hmm. want to explore a little bit about how a young person finds writing because it's um, uh, it's a mystery. It's a, it's a kind of mystery. Uh, uh, people who can write or or try to write. Mm-hmm. It's not not an easy thing to do. Um, when you started writing your thoughts down as a very young girl, did you show them to anybody, or were they just for you to be able to write, look at, and reflect upon how you felt? W- what was the process like? Were you were you showing it to your and moms or your friends or anybody? That time, no way. At that time, I wish it was for me. Because it was intimate, it was it was my time of intimacy with myself. So a lot of things that I had opened up about um, in writing, I I hid it, and it was like my sac- my sacred place uh, to hide my innermost thoughts, my feelings, uh, what was going through my head, what had happened throughout my days. So it was nothing that in that moment that I wanted to share because being young. You know, you don't you don't want to open up to the wrong person. You don't want to open up to too many people. So you internalize everything, um, and uh, that's a that's a safe place for you. That's why nowadays, even so, when when speaking to you, um, they don't really relate or want to speak to um, other people. They prefer to write something down nowadays, post it on social media um, before opening up um, about anything in in their life. And I can understand why. Have you found that so, uh, social media has helped uh, get people into this sort of therapeutic use of writing? No, I, I believe that uh, social media it has been co- it has become a platform to to you know to host, and it's great for you know for all of its its marketing and being able to reach your world that you know going from door to door, knocking on the door can't do anymore, but. Um, far as a writing outlet, I, I see quotes here and there. Sometimes even through our Come Forth page, we post uh, quotes. But um, I don't see it as, um, as a means for, for writing. Yeah, uh, Twitter is not exactly the, <laughs> the, the, mm-hmm. the, the greatest form for uh, the kind of the kind of deep dive you, you want to take. Ronavia Williams right. is our <laughs> guest. She is with uh, Come Forth. They teach creative writing and journaling as a... Uh, as therapy. We have more with her straight ahead. This is Recovery Radio. Stick around. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Uh, Steve Bonarena with you. Uh, we will uh, return with our guest in just a second. A reminder, though, that you know our, our great, great partners in this program, Retreat Behavioral Health. Um, w- w- want me to remind you that this program is, is dedicated to information and education about both substance abuse and mental health issues. Um, Retreat's a a renowned facility for treating uh, that whole range of behavioral health issues, but they sponsor the program, as I said, as an informational tool. So I give you their phone number in that spirit. If you have any questions about anything that's going on in your life that concerns your mental well-being or or substance abuse issues, uh, treatment, anything in that nature, they will answer your questions. They will. If they can help you, fine. They've helped loads of people. But they're really there as a tool because these issues can hit, 
And they always do at the worst possible times and people don't know where to turn. Here's the number for Retreat Behavioral Health, 855-859-8808. Retreat Behavioral Health. Our guest on the uh, telephone is uh, Renavia Williams. In fact, she's partnering up with Retreat on an event we'll tell you about in a, in a little bit that has to do with her, her passion and her work now with a group called Come Forth. They teach creative writing and journaling uh, journaling as a purposeful and, and therapeutic exercise. Um, uh, so, Renavia, let, let's let's get deep into na- uh, the whole act of writing. It, it's uh, I think it was you know one of those one of those guys Hemingway or somebody who once said writing's mm-hmm. easy. You just um, you just look at a blank piece of paper and then bleed. <laughs> every, <Right. laughs> every every writer I have ever read that I admired always talked about. Actually, they talked about writing in one of two ways. Some of the the best writers in the world said it was almost automatic for them, like someone right. else was writing and their hand was moving. Um, exactly. And, and other people said, uh, equally great writers, that you, this was a hard, hard job. It was a right. uh, it was a skill like carpentry or bricklaying, something that you had to work at and rework at. So uh, for you, it was it was almost this automatic kind of thing. What do you tell young right. people who go, I don't know how to write or I can't write? What's the first thing you tell somebody who has that um, attitude about writing? I'll tell them to look at themselves in the mirror. Be honest. You know, this is your moment of truth. You know, uh, for me, writing was automatic. However, I have had moments in my life where I would look at the paper and I don't know where to write or where to start. But then when I take a moment to reflect and look at my life, and uh, even in that moment where I'm standing at that particular day, that particular time, and I would just begin to, like like most writers would say, I would bleed. I would bleed. Um, for young writers these days, what I would tell them to look at themselves in the mirror, you know, take a reflection of their life and look at the paper and the pen as an opportunity to be honest with yourself. Is what that- do you want to tell yourself? Yeah. That, that, that's great. So, the, so the first thing you would say to somebody who goes, "I don't know how to write," or "I don't have anything to say," which is uh, pro- probably the most common thing you, you come up against. I don't have anything to say. You, mm-hmm. uh, you, you tell them, "No, that's where to begin," because you do have something to say. Absolutely, absolutely. When when we stop looking at writing as as someone wanting us to do something we don't want to do and start looking at it as a form of therapy and a, a form of getting to know ourselves, to learn more about ourselves and make it about ourselves, we, we, we find a passion that we didn't know was a passion. Anyone can do it. In, in your experience, Anyone. in your personal experience as someone who writes um, and teaches others how to do it in a therapeutic uh, context, is it harder to uh, deceive yourself or be in denial when, when you write something down? In other words, if I wanted to write stuff about myself, I, let's face it, I'm doing it. I could make stuff up. I could, li- I could lie to myself. Is it, right. is it harder to do that when you're writing it than if you were just sort of saying it? Well, it, it, it's, I believe that it's harder to write, write about it than to just say it because you're, you don't have a, a starting point, you know, you're, you're writing out of a place that there's no truth, you know. Um, so when you can reflect and you can look at your life and you can le- look within, 
only thing that's within is 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 truth. You can only come from a place of truth, and you can carry on. I mean, people could write books and books about themselves, but to come from a place of deceit and lies, nothing good can come for it from it. So, uh, so how soon do you tell people it's possible to be uh, to be a serious, you know, not serious writer, but to take it seriously? Do do you do you teach people at a very young age? Tell us about that. Well, starting at home, actually, you know, my daughter, my daughter's 12 years old and um, her her love for writing. It had it didn't start from me, but it, it started from a place where I, I share with her, you know, how are you feeling today? You know, sometimes she doesn't talk to me about everything, but we have a great relationship. However, um, I encourage her to write about her day, to write about, you know, what happened in school and with her, even with her, she she has used it to be something that's very uh, therapeutic, you know, something that's hidden. But it's not something that I tell her she has to do, but she has found the love for it. Do you read, does she let you read her journal? I haven't, you know, I haven't asked her to read her journal. Mm-hmm. I haven't got to that place as of yet to ask her to, to read her journal because she's very open with me. Mm-hmm. So um, in some some instances, I feel like uh, anything that I want to know, she would tell me. But I don't. I have not asked her to read her journal. And she's and she's twelve. So so um, mm-hmm. you know we we uh, we know for a fact that, that people in general, young people, I guess, are the same, um, aren't reading the the way they uh, we used to in, used in to. past years. <laughs> How important is reading to someone who wants to, you know, take writing seriously? Well, you know, some people um, find a love for reading and writing. Some people one over the other. Um, but for me, I love I, I, I love reading um, and writing, you know. But I believe that I favor writing over reading um, a little bit more. What's been your experience with regard to um, men and women, uh, boys and girls, with regard to particularly journaling? I think most of us equate journaling in the diary sense and most people i think believe diaries are the ex, you know the the exclusive providence of young girls is that is that true or are you seeing more young young men who journal i've seen more young women journal than than boys um but the only thing what i find now is that in nowadays in times young teenagers or young adults they prefer to spend 10 minutes on social media versus 10 times with themselves writing. So if you try to share writing now or preach writing to anyone, um, it's more so like it, it's, it appears as something boring. Why? You know, uh, because they're looking at social media and they're, they're trying to find their identity in social media, you know, versus with themselves. So um, I believe it has to be encouraged. I believe that young um, uh, teenagers, adults, even us in our adulthood, um, it has to be encouraged. It has to be something that light is shined on to say why it's important, what it can do for you, and how it can help you overcome different areas and traumas in your life. Do you, so so is it your opinion um, that young girls will gravitate towards journaling or diary keeping um, faster or more frequently than young boys, because boys have sort of way more access to 
you know, acting out and expressing themselves, whether it's sports or physicality or just being right. just being boys. And and young girls have trouble finding their voice. Is that why you think they they would gravitate towards writing a, a journal or a diary? Absolutely, absolutely, Steve. I think that uh, young ladies would gravitate towards uh, writing a lot more than than boys because, um, from what I've seen, boys are taught to it to. To uh, to hold everything in, not to let anything out. So, like you said, uh, they use more physicality, more sports, you know, to express themselves, and they find their love in sports versus writing. Yeah, and uh, and the culture doesn't still doesn't uh, support uh, young men being introspective. It's sort of right. it's not thought to be something guys do. Um, they're extroverts, not introverts, and and uh, that's sort of the opposite for. For young uh, young girls, uh, I had a roommate once many years ago, and uh, she and I were great friends. We were roommates, and mm-hmm. she she uh, was a journaler. She kept the journal, and I'll never forget right. I'll never forget her saying, "Can you help me move some of my journals from this room to that room?" And what she meant by that was a steamer trunk, and I mean literally a steamer oh, wow. trunk <laughs> filled with with journals going back years and years, and uh, it must have weighed five hundred pounds. And I was astonished, and and. Um, and I was, you know, writing a little bit in those days as well. But when I tried to to journal, you know, to start a journal, I just couldn't do it. I kept running up into this notion that, well, that's silly. Who cares that I did that today? How, I, can you tell us again when when you when you run into that in your in your classes when you're when you're teaching this stuff? What do you tell people about things like, well, there's there's no silly ideas. How do you get them to overcome that? Well, I we I would form a topic. You know, I would form a topic that uh, that everyone wants to talk about, and that and I would challenge them to write about it. Like, for instance, you know, um, we could put pick two topics. You know, social media is social media. You know, everyone talks about social media these days. So I would form a question. You know, does you know does social media affect your 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 mental health, or if it does, how? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure any teenage would 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 um defend that yeah. so, so you know you so you give them a pl- you give them a place to start you don't just give them a blank sheet of paper and a pen and say write something you you give them a place no. to start yeah Absolutely, absolutely. Because some of the kids, children, is they have to be encouraged. They have to be guided and directed. And um, being able to uh, give them a starting point, you know, that they open they open up their opportunity to write, and then they find their voice in in, in, in their writing. Renavia Williams is our guest. Uh, she uh, teaches creative writing and journaling as a, as a therapy. Uh, with a group called the Come Forth, which I, you you created, Come Forth, correct? Yes, I did. Right, when, we, when we when we come back, we'll we'll uh, talk about come forth and uh, some of the events that uh, Renevia has been involved in with regard to creative writing and journaling, and an event that's coming up. If you're in the Florida area, we'll uh, we'll tell you all about that. This is Recovery Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back to Recovery Radio, Steve Bartorano with you. I hope you're uh, finding us wherever finer podcasts are available uh, or on the radio. Our, our guest, and it's been a, a terrific conversation, is a young, is a young uh, woman who uh, many years ago found her voice on a piece of paper with a pen. Uh, Renavia uh, Williams teaches now creative writing and journaling as a as a therapy. She does that primarily through uh, the group that she formed called Come Forth. 
Tell us about how that happened. Tell us about Come Forth. You know, what's so amazing about Come Forth is that um, it came out of uh, a poem that I wrote, and the name of the poem was called Come Forth. And initially, um, after not writing for a while and coming to, to, to write Come Forth, it was pretty much I opened up about the separation that I had with um, my uh, ex-husband last year. Um, and Come Forth came from just writing a poem. And not that I, it was not my intention, nor did I know that it would become an actual movement and a means of touching people across the world. Um, one night I was, I was, I was, you know, coming one with myself and, and I, I just, I didn't even pick up a paper or pen. I, I actually started writing in my phone, um, everything that I was feeling. And after I, I, I wrote the poem, I actually called my brother up and I was like, Hey, you have to hear this, listen to this, you know? And, um, I shared, I shared it with him. Um, and, uh, I recited it to him and he was like, wow, that's so powerful. So it went from me sharing it with him to him, you know, encouraging me I should go to the studio to, um, you know, to uh, make an audio out of it. So that that night I did. I went and I did an audio portion for the poem called Come Forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about a moment of me uh, uh, of coming forward to be the best version of myself, uh, to leave dead weight behind, um, to um, embrace life as it is. And uh, from the audio it went into a video and the video is called come forth so come forth starting from just me vocalizing my thoughts and uh, sharing uh, my life experience and my moment to come forth um, to be who God called me to be and live out of my purpose um, it it formed into a movement now where I help others uh, to become the best version of themselves um, through writing uh, through expressive uh, thought um, and also um, reciting mm-hmm. um, poetry, um, more so like spoken word. Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to ask you about that just ahead, but before I forget, you you have mentioned your very strong faith several times in the discussion of your struggles and how you overcame them and what writing meant to you and all that. What 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 yes. what do you say to someone who perhaps doesn't believe in in um, or doesn't have a strong faith based life? Can, well, what do you tell them? I've come in in my lifetime, Steve. I've come in contact with a lot of people who don't believe, and um, and and it's okay if that's your starting point. If you don't believe, that's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I like to say I don't beat anyone over the head with the Bible, but for someone who don't believe, I just share with them very honestly and very blatantly my life, what has happened in my life what has transpired in my life and through my testimony, through the things that I've overcome, through the things that has built me into the woman that I am today, they, they see the evidence of what my faith has done for me. Um, and, and in those moments when I have those conversations with anyone who don't believe that alone, my testimony, mm-hmm. what God has done for me and what has happened and transpired in my life. It's very intriguing. You know, and I didn't always look at it that way, but um, I use my life and my experiences and things that I've overcome as a means to connect and with, you, to connect with anyone. Yeah, and, and you mentioned now you've gone from uh, strictly writing uh, as a uh, as a mode of expression for you. Now, now you do some spoken word, right? Yes. Where, yes. where, where have you done that? 
Um, I've been to different churches. I've been to different venues. Um, one of a big accomplishment for me is that I've had the, the pleasure of, of, of collaborating with um, one of my Miami sisters, I like to say, um, at the Asian Arts uh, Center um, this year, May, um, to perform, which is one of the largest performing arts centers in the world. Um, and actually, where I came into known with a retreat, uh, we met in Washington, um, having the opportunity to open up, you know, for um, Mario Lopez, um, Dion Warwick, um, with um, spoken word poetry. Um, at that time, it was about the, uh, the opioid crisis, um, where I utilized spoken word poetry as a means to connect uh, with the audience. Yeah, that's how you came to our attention. Our our our, uh, our uh, folks in uh, in Florida told us that they were going to partner up with you. Tell us about the event that's going to take place in uh, in Florida uh, at the beginning of next year. Tell us about that program. Yes, absolutely, and we are so looking forward to it. With having everyone to come forth in the beginning of 2020. Um, so the event we partner up with Retreat. Well, um, Retreat uh, Behavior Health is sponsoring it together with Live 360. Um, where we would be having um, a creative writing and journaling workshop for teens, but not limited to. Um, it's going to be Saturday, January the 18th, 2020. Um, the starting time is at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, it's going to be located at the uh, Live 360 studio. It's going to be on the lower level at 10300 Forest Hill Boulevard, uh, number 2000, and that's Wellington Green, Florida. Uh, the tickets are going to be $25, and the price, it does include a custom journal and a catered lunch. And for more information um, to purchase a ticket, they can, you can get in contact with uh, Jenna Moore. That's J-E-N-N-A-M-O-O-R-E. And the email is J-E-N-N-A-M at retreatmail.com, where that day we will be dedicating time to creative writing, um, how to start, how creative writing um, affects our life, uh, how it helps us to become whole with ourselves. And I look forward to instructing this, this course. I'm super excited about it. Well, we thank you so much for uh, your your, uh, your amazing story. And any, anybody that can shed light on the mystery and power of writing is uh, somebody worth talking to. Rena Anavia uh, Williams, thanks so much for joining us on Recovery Radio. And good luck uh, you, with your writing and your spoken word. And everybody in the Florida area in January... Uh, keep an eye out for the uh, program. Thanks again. Take care, everybody. And uh, don't forget Recovery Radio. Thanks for joining us. It's brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health. If, as I said, you or a loved one you know is in need of help, they're available 24-7-855-859-8808. Take care. See you next time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.